The 23rd Psalm is about the Lord who is the shepherd, but it's also very personal. Uh, It's about the Lord who is our shepherd. For as David proclaims, the Lord is my shepherd. It's about that one who has gone before us at all times, who always loves us and promises to care for us always. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, It might be the first in scripture that comes most readily to our hearts because so precious is the promise that's contained in that declaration. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But the question does arise, uh, what is meant by not wanting? Does this mean that, that, that we um, are guaranteed that we'll get everything that we want in this life? Um, does it mean that every prayer that we have will be answered in the way uh, that we want? Um, no. Even though there are many churches that may claim a, na- a name it and claim it theology, That's not what is in view here in this uh, most uh, precious portion of God's word. Um, Truly, those who belong to the shepherd shall not want. But the question is, uh, what is meant by that? Listen to Martin Luther. Luther said of of this verse and of this psalm, The world glories and trust in honor, power, riches, and the favor of men. Our psalm, however, glories in none of these, for they are all uncertain and perishable. The Lord is my shepherd speaks a sure, certain faith, which turns its back on everything temporal and transitory. You know, Luther was right. In view are not those things in this life which are passing away. Rather, in view is that which is permanent. So that when you are confessing with David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you're directing your gaze to the Lord. And you are confessing that the Lord God is at the center of my life. And no matter what happens, I shall not want because he's the one who's there. He's the shepherd who cares for me. You know, that's how we are to understand that song, the, the opening of this song. And that's how we are to understand all the glorious promises that follow in this precious portion of of God's word. When we know that the Lord is our shepherd, we will be those who are not wanting. We will have everything we need in having our God. How much is this the case? And verse 2 tells us, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, I grew up in eastern Ohio. In eastern Ohio's rolling hills. I grew up in the farms in the Amish country uh, on top of a farm. But my uh, grandfather did not uh, raise sheep. He raised uh, uh, cattle. 
And the only time in my, my whole uh, childhood I had any exposure with uh, sheep is that one summer uh, my grandmother and grandfather were fighting. And the quiet way that she got back at him was she got some sheep and she had them graze in his pasture. And that led to the biggest fights of my childhood where my grandfather was constantly yelling at my grandmother that her sheep were ruining the pasture uh, for his cow. So I do not have personal experience uh, with sheep. But there's a wonderful book that I would recommend. Uh, it's called The Lord Our Shepherd. And it's by a, a, a truly wonderful uh, reformed pa pastor of the uh, mid to, uh, to late 20th century, J. Douglas McMillan. Um, he uh, became a great preacher of the word in Scotland. But for, uh, from age 12 to 25, Douglas Macmillan was a shepherd. Got up every morning at three, went out, shepherded the flock. And that was his vocation. Uh, the Lord worked in his heart, and at age 25, he went off to be a pastor. But he wrote this wonderful book about Psalm 23, in which he combined what he knew about a sh a shepherding and also about uh, the, the Word of God here. And Macmillan uh, maintains that as a shepherd, the hardest thing is to get the sheep to lie down because they're always frightened. They're always afraid because, he says, they can't fight, they can't run, and they can't hide. So they're always, uh, they're the, you know, just that that frightened anxiety. Uh, you see, the sheep are dependent upon the shepherd to protect them. And, um, you know, it's very similar to all of us. There's so many things that rattle us in this life. There's so many things that cause us to be undone. Uh, so many things that um, we just... Uh, we can't find rest. We can't lie down. Well, this psalm is declaring to us, we have a shepherd who dispels the fear in our life, that he is there for us, that we can lie down, that, uh, that we uh, would not be afraid, uh, that he is the one who protects us. Um, He's the one who not only uh, has us lie down, but he has li us lie down in, in the best places. He has us lying down in green pastures, and he leads us beside still waters that uh, we might uh, be refreshed. And not only with regard to our earthly needs, but in regard to our spiritual needs, uh, for uh, he knows that, you know, the man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what the shepherd does. He's with us. He cares for us. He protects us. Um, and it doesn't stop there. If we stray, he's the one we're told in verse 3 that restores our soul. Now, 
Straying sheep look for a soft place to lie down. Um, but that's one of the most dangerous things that can happen because uh, according to Macmillan, uh, if the hardest thing is to get the sheep to lie down, the most dangerous thing is when they wander off and get cast. So they look for the softest spot, and they, they actually uh, lie down there, and then they cannot get their legs up under them again. And what happens is the blood stops circulating, stops circulating to their three stomachs, and it is an utterly deadly position. So if the shepherd does not see, you know, cannot find the, the, the sheep who's cast, then it, it's, it's tragic. Well, friends, we have a, a shepherd who seeks us out when we stray. Because what do we do? We think there's an easier way. Uh, we leave the narrow path. We think there's a soft spot and it's deadly, that spot away from the word of God, away from the will of God, and yet we have a shepherd who seeks us out and restores us. But it doesn't stop there. Verse three tells us, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Um, so again, I, I, I grew up on a farm, but I didn't have experience with sheep, but I had all sorts of experience with cattle. And um, with cattle, they're always getting out. And what you do with cattle is that you herd them. You herd them back in. Well, here's the thing from Psalm 23. You're not cattle. And... Uh, the Lord God is not a cowboy. Uh, he's not driving you. He's not hurting you. Do you know what he's doing? He's going in front of you. That's what shepherds do. They go in front of you. So in Palestine, unlike in eastern Ohio or even here, there's not fences. Um, you would have narrow paths. And the shepherd would go in front of the sheep. He would lead the sheep. And there were two reasons why he would do this. One is, being in front, he could protect the sheep against any enemies that would attack the sheep. And he's going in front and he's leading. The second thing is that he could make sure they didn't stray. Because if the sheep strayed into the crops, the shepherd was liable. He had to pay for the damage to the crops. So here is the shepherd. He's not driving. He's not hurting. Rather, he is leading. And he is leading because he is protecting. And he's making sure that the sheep uh, stay on that safe path. Um, he is with them. And then we're told uh, that he does this. Uh, he leads in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he is staking his entire reputation, our shepherd, to lead us to the proper destination. Uh, that's how much he's invested. Uh, he stakes his entire name on the accomplishment 
of this task. It's just amazing what the shepherd does. His care. It's just so abundant here at the beginning of this song. How infested he is in us. How much he loves us. How much he cares for us. But this is what makes this, perhaps this portion of scripture, perhaps the favorite chapter of many in the entire Bible. So we have these opening three verses in which David is talking about the shepherd. And it is so rich and full and meaningful. But then, as if it was even possible, it gets even better in the fourth verse because it becomes so personal again. And you can see this in the change of pronouns. So in the first three verses, David's talking about the shepherd. But now in verses 4 through 6, he's talking to the shepherd. And you can see this in our text in the psalm by the change of pronouns. In verses 1 through 3, he makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. So it's in the third person. But you get to verse 4, and suddenly, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, there's a change here. It's one thing to talk, talk about the shepherd. It's another thing to talk to the shepherd. Uh, when you're in the darkest of valleys, to know that the Lord is there, to know that he cares for you and you can come to him in prayer and you can talk to him. Know that, that he loves you. He's the one staking his reputation on getting you to that goal. He's going in front of you. He's protecting you from all of his and your enemies. He's feeding you. He's the one. What great comfort it is to know that we can come to him in prayer. Now, um, this is the shepherd. And uh, he does love us. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't discipline us. Sometimes we need to be uh, disciplined. And we, he says, we read in the fourth verse, uh, your rod and your staff, uh, they comfort me. Now, this is actually the one place in the psalm where theologians have a little bit of a debate. It's one of the ones where, is he carrying uh, a rod in one hand and a staff in another? Or is he just carrying one instrument? I fall down uh, on the side that no shepherd carries two. Maybe I'm just a farm boy, you know. My grandpa would never carry two. You carry one. And, and what you do is that that one instrument has a dual purpose. So if the sheep are getting into something that they shouldn't, you tap them, you correct them. But let's say uh, they are in trouble, they're in a marsh, they need uh, rescuing. 
Well, what you would have, particularly with shepherds, you would have a little hook or crook, and you would, would draw them out. You would know, hook them and draw them out, but it would be one instrument. And I believe that's what's going on here, that the shepherd loves us, and when we need correcting, we get corrected. And uh, when we need rescued, he's the one that rescues us. He's the one that also um, does more than just that. As we said earlier, he's the one who um, defends us from his and our enemies. And there's a sense here, even in this psalm, that he taunts his enemies. He prepares a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see, this shepherd, he's building his church. And there's nothing that Satan can do about it. Satan cannot stop us gathering together to hear the word. Uh, we're being fed. There's nothing Satan can do about it. Um, as uh, Revelation 20, verse 2 puts it, Satan is bound. doesn't mean that Satan's not active. What that means is that Satan can do nothing about the gospel going forth to every place on this earth. And that's uh, what's happening. And uh, we have a table. Uh, we are fed. We're fed with the word. We're fed with the sacraments. Um, and it's a taunt. You know, sometimes we can become so discouraged about the culture around us, and it is horrific. But uh, uh, the Lord is building his church, and we should rejoice in that. Um, the anointing, the Lord provides his spirit. You have an anointing that is both sufficient and abundant. My cup overflows. So... Uh, as you walk through uh, the deep valleys, you are to know that you can come to the Lord in prayer, to know that the Lord is with you, that he is building his church. He has prepared a table, and you have the sure promise at the end, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is perhaps the favorite part that I have of Macmillan's book. I love this book. But I really was taken by the last part of it because uh, he basically states here that if you want a great image that will, that will stick with you in regard to the mercy, the goodness and mercy of the Lord, think of them like two hounds. Have you ever seen really great, loyal hounds? They will follow you everywhere. That's the imagery here of the goodness and mercy of the Lord. They're like two hounds that will follow you wherever you go in this life. And that as you make your way to that day in which you will be with the Lord forever in heaven. I mean, what a, what a psalm. What promises, what encouragement. 
it's, it's just, it's so superlative. And uh, it's so superlative because uh, we know our hearts. I mean, if we're true, uh, if we take an honest assessment, we know how much we fail. Uh, what do we do? So often we don't trust in the Lord and we are just so undone uh, with anxiety and worry. Um, so much uh, we uh, don't uh, treasure eternal things. We end up making temporal things our be-all and end-all. Um, so often uh, we are those who, who think that the Lord has not provided for us. Um, so often we go down the wrong path and seek the easy way out rather than living according to God's word. Um, how is it possible? How is it possible that sinners like you and me shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever? I mean, our confession um, it's not just that of David here, but our confession is also of Isaiah the prophet. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. How is it possible? Well, as the prophet Isaiah also tells us, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's only possible for sinners like you and me to dwell in the house of the Lord forever because of the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that this psalm is talking about. Jesus Christ is the shepherd in view. Jesus Christ is the seeking shepherd. We never would have sought him out. Jesus Christ is the seeking shepherd who sought us out when we were lost, dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus Christ is that one, as, as Jesus declares in the New Testament, you know, which shepherd uh, has a hundred sheep, one does not go, uh, uh, he does not go off to find the one that is lost. In finding him, he puts him over his shoulder and comes back rejoicing. That's what the seeking shepherd has done for us. He has sought us out. He has put us on his shoulder and he rejoices. Uh, that's uh, how this is possible. Um, we were lost sinners, deserving the wrath and curse of God for our sins. But Jesus has sought us out. He is the seeking shepherd. But you know what he also is? He is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one who lays down his life for the sheep. And it was costly. He had to pay a deep price to redeem us. He is the one, the sinless one, who went to the cross and died that our sins might be forgiven. He is the good shepherd. He is the one uh, who drinks the cup of God's wrath that we deserve. But he is also the one 
who pours out then the cup of God's love upon us. So Jesus Christ is the seeking shepherd. He is the one who gathers the remnant flock, but he is also the good shepherd who lays down his life with a grand purpose. But he is also the great shepherd who takes up his life again. Hebrews chapter 13 declares that the God of peace is brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through an eternal covenant. You know, that passage in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, it's actually taken from Isaiah chapter 63. Do you know what's going on in Isaiah chapter 63? There the prophet declares that in the Exodus, Moses was the shepherd of God's people, leading them out uh, from captivity in Egypt. What, what was Moses' purpose in Isaiah 63 in leading the people of God out of captivity? It was to make for God a glorious name. Do you see what the writer of the Hebrews is saying? As great as Moses was as a shepherd, there's a greater shepherd here now in Jesus Christ. And he leads a greater exodus. An exodus out of the captivity to death and sin. And to what end? To make to God a glorious name. What's our, our chief end? It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's our purpose. And we have this great shepherd who's leading us that we might do this. We have a seeking shepherd in Jesus Christ, seeks us out when we were lost. We have a good shepherd in Jesus Christ who lays down his life for us. We have a great shepherd in Jesus Christ, that one who, who leads us that we might make the name of the Father glorious, but we also have a chief shepherd. He goes to the cross, he is risen from the dead, and is ascended upon high, and we're told in 1 Peter 5, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. What's lacking? Not one thing. This is the shepherd's love for you. This is the shepherd's care for you. It is a perfect salvation. Praise be to his glorious name. Eighteen months ago, I was really sick. Uh, I had COVID. Um, I was in the hospital for 23 days. I then uh, had 60 further days in which I could not leave my home. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, was my comfort lying on that hot hospital bed, uh, hooked up to all those machines. Uh, you know, one. It was a question of uh, whether they wanted to put me on the ventilator or not. Uh, I was trusting in my Lord. This is the psalm I prayed over and over again. This is a psalm 
that I meditated uh, upon. Um, and I thought, when I get better, uh, this is the psalm that uh, I want to preach on. I, I, I thought, my thought was, uh, there's no better pillow for dying than this psalm. And if the Lord takes me to be with himself, I'll be with him. What could be better than that? And if he preserved me, that, um, that he's the one that, that I owed all praise to. Um, so I was thinking about the 23rd Psalm, but um, I was also thinking about that time um, how thankful I was to belong to a church like the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Now, don't get me wrong. I know it, it's not uh, the only perfect church. There could not be anything further from the truth because we are all sinners saved by the grace of God. But what I mean is, is this. When I was at my, uh, you know, when things looked the bleakest, it wasn't Jesus, the good man, it wasn't Jesus, the environmentalist, that was my comfort. It wasn't Jesus, the philosopher. It was Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh, who died for my sins. I am so thankful to belong to a church that preaches that, that believes that, that teaches our children that. That's the only hope for a dying world. It's Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Not, not Jesus Christ, some myth. Jesus Christ, the shepherd. Jesus Christ, my shepherd. That's our only hope. And, and as this psalm declares to us, what a hope that is. He's always with us. He goes before us. He cares for us. He's the one that we commune with, that we can pray to. He's the one who feeds us. He's the one who's building his church. Jesus is that shepherd. And what are we called to do? We're called to make his name glorious, to make the Father's name glorious. I mean, that's why we're here. And that's my prayer for you. Have this hope in your heart. Seek after the Lord in this way, and he will be with you. He will care for you, but he will also then use you in this community. You'll be salt and light. You're going the other direction of the world. Everyone around is thinking about themselves. There's utter chaos. Um, there's, uh, it's so discouraging all around us. But we belong to the shepherd. And he staked his reputation on leading us and being with us. So I encourage you unto that end to know truly the Lord our shepherd. He's the one. Amen. Let's pray.